Welcome to the Lunduke Journal official podcast of officialness. This is episode two, the year of our Lord 2021. I think I'm recording this in uh, September. Yeah, yeah, it's September, September 13th even. I want to talk a bit today about text mode applications, just for a little bit. Um, I've been going through some of my old articles, and I've written a lot of articles about command line tools and terminal video games and whatnot over the years just so much in fact i've been i've been pulling together some of my my biggest ones and i've been republishing them on the lunduke journal because so many of the old publications i i wrote for over the years are out of business now like the linux journal magazine oh May it rest in peace. One of the greatest magazines of all time um, is, you know, it's out of business. You can still go to linuxjournal.com and uh, the, the, the slash dot people uh, own it now. Um, but they don't really, there's not really much happening over there. And it's just kind of, kind of sitting there. It's just, just kind of this, this weird little thing. Um, but it's, it's been out of publication for quite some time. And so I've been trying to, to archive a lot of those pieces uh, so they don't get lost. I mean, some of them are just, you know, fun little goofy things, but some of them, some of them are a cool snapshot of a period in time and some of them have some really cool information on it. Anyway, um, so I've been going through and grabbing some of the, uh, the terminal application ones. Like I've got one up there right now. I just published yesterday, uh, without a GUI, how to live entirely in a terminal. (laughs) And, and I wrote this in 2019 originally. Oh, for, for Linux journal. And, um, and really everything I wrote on there it still applies in 2021 and probably will still apply 20 years from now. And this is kind of one of the cool things about text mode interfaces is they are somewhat eternal. If you, the computing that you can accomplish in a text mode terminal, in a, you know, a little DOS terminal or a a Unixy shell session or SSH'd into something, it works just as well now as it did 20 years ago. Uh, and it probably will work similarly 20 years from now uh, without any real significant change in usability. And there's something really kind of beautiful about that, about the eternalness of it all. And I know that it's limiting in so many ways. I mean, I'm not going to do any of my video editing in a terminal. Um, and while it's possible to record audio in a terminal, I don't. I use I use Audacity and a nice little GUI and my little, my little X window session. Um, but just the same. For many things, it's pretty fantastic to be in a text mode. And I've done, you know, experiments where I try to live entirely in a terminal, in a shell, in a command line for 30 days at a time or whatever. And uh, I've never made it. (laughs) Uh, The longest I've lasted without going into a GUI at least in recent years, uh, obviously in the early days, like in the eighties, I always lived in text mode, but in recent years, the longest I've made, it was, was 10 days. Uh, and, uh, I made it, I try, I was trying for 30 and I failed miserably. Like I, I fell flat on my face and I made it 10 days before I ran screaming back to my ex server. And, uh, uh, but it's still, it's doing those experiments has been kind of fun to revisit them every so often for many reasons. For one, it ties you into the history of what computing was like. And that's, that's a worthwhile thing. 
It also helps to narrow your focus and think about what really matters in terms of computing. Like what is more usable? Like, like how do I use my user interfaces? How do I use my keyboards and keyboard bindings and my mice and whatnot? How, how can I go about them, about using my computers in the most efficient possible way? And then probably more important than any of that is, is there something that I'm missing out on that's fun? <laughs> Because I, it's all about having fun. Because if you're not having fun with your computers, why do it, right? So anyway, so I, I've been posting these uh, these articles. Uh, that one I did when living without a GUI, and uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention here because it's kind of fascinating. Um, I'm gonna skip past the web browsing stuff uh, because, well, as much as I love web browsing in a terminal. I don't do it most of the time anymore. Um, there was a period of time where I really did. Uh, I used uh, W3M. W3M is an amazing web browser in, in a terminal session. You can even do inline images with them, which means that, you know, up until a couple years ago, you could do quite a lot of web browsing in W3M. That's getting harder and harder. Even with fairly simple, straightforward websites, it's getting more and more difficult to accomplish that. So I tend to, more often than not, you know, fire up Brave or whatever browser I'm using at the time in my GUI. Um, but skipping down a little bit, I want to touch on the word processing side of things. Because I find, for me, I do a lot of writing. Most of my writing lately, I've been doing in Word Grinder. Word Grinder, all one word. Just do a do a Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo, Brave search, whatever for Word Grinder, and you'll find it. It is absolutely amazing. It's so simple. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of of the early word processors. You know, Word Perfect for DOS. Oh, baby. Was that a word processor? Mm, mm, mm. But see, I mean, I like GUI word processors too. So uh, full disclosure here, I worked on the Microsoft Office team for several years, uh, specifically Microsoft Office for Macintosh. Uh, back at the end of the classic Mac, Mac OS 9 days, transitioning into the Mac OS 10 days, back before Mac OS 10 officially shipped, um, I worked on, on the, the Microsoft Office team. And so I've, I've kind of got this thing in me for, for the history of office suites and word processors, and I feel very passionately about them. And Word Grinder, it, it's available for a bunch of platforms, but you can get it for Linux and a bunch of other things too. Um, it is fantastic. It's so simple and lightweight, um, and it's so fun to use. It It's visually appealing. It is just simply... it's. It's distraction-free. It has the majority of all the features you need. Uh, you can you can export to open office formats and and uh, and HTML and even LaTeX files and all those sorts of things. You can import stuff, and, and I find that you anywhere that it falls flat, like any format you need that it doesn't support. Like for example, Microsoft Word. It doesn't support Word format, right? That's going to be an issue for a lot of people working with other people or working with existing Word documents. Luckily, you can use a, a, a tool called Pandoc. Pandoc. And you can you, it's a little command line tool that converts between so many different document formats to work with these word grinder files. And so what I tend to do is I tend to work in a word grinder file and save things out to ODT, to, to an open document format. 
that I can use with LibreOffice or anything else. But anytime I need to convert things for MS Office or anyone else, I just use Pandoc to spit out. It, that's the noise Pandoc makes. It goes, and uh, to spit it out for for whatever other format I need, and it works so good, and it looks so great. Um, uh, I've I've got links over. If you go to that article over on lunduk.substack.com, uh, there's there's links to that one uh, down at the bottom of that article. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. If you do a lot of writing. Man, Word Grinder is just an enjoyable one to use. I I don't write everything I do in Word Grinder because just because I don't. I also use LibreOffice and I use Gedit and I use Nano. Uh, I, I use all sorts of stuff. But Word Grinder, I think, is my go-to. Like if I'm gonna sit down and I'm like, okay, I need to write now, and I sit down to write because I'm trying to get into a writer's frame of mind. I pop open a shell, a shell session, make it nice and big. And launch Word Grinder. That's what I do, uh, and it, it works just phenomenally, phenomenally well. Um, and and the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, is Biobu and Tmux. Um, so if you're using a, a shell or a terminal very much, and you're not using um, a multiplexer, which is kind of like what window managers are for terminal sessions, you're you're really missing out. Um, so uh, Tmux, GNU Screen, and Biobu are the way to go. Now, Biobu, a B-Y-O-B-U, is not really a terminal multiplexer by itself. What it does is it sits on top of GNU Screen and Tmux, T-M-U-X. Now, GNU Screen and Tmux are multiplexers. And really all that means is you can run multiple terminal applications in a single terminal and you can set it up to be on the equivalent of virtual desktops where you can just swap between them with a hotkey or you can divide your screen up in a wide variety of ways so you can have like a tiled window manager for your terminal session and where this really gets handy is if you have a remote uh, server somewhere like let's say you spend a couple of bucks to get a remote VPS somewhere a little Linux VPS it doesn't have a whole lot of juice to it but you know you, you, you can use pretty much any hosting companies for a few dollars a month to get a remote Linux box and you launch Tmux you can launch a whole bunch of applications in it and then you can attach and detach yourself from it meaning you can leave all those applications running just like they are and disconnect and then you can later come back and reconnect reestablish your ssh or shell session into that box and reattach yourself to tmux and then boom all the software you were running it's still running there it's so fantastic. So if you want to get like, let's say, um, play some music using CMUSE, C-M-U-S, great little MP3 player for the terminal. So you can have that in one, one like in the upper left-hand corner. And the bottom left-hand corner, you can have just a standard shell open for moving files around or doing whatever. And on the right side of the screen can be a big word grinder session for writing all of your stuff. And you can just attach and, and detach from it at will in a remote server. And it's just so super handy oh i don't know if you can hear that it just started raining outside something fierce holy smokes um so anyway I, I i recommend checking those out because it's they're they're really fantastic and even if you're more of a gooey person and even if you do most of your stuff in the gooey i find that doing some things like writing and word grinder in the terminal tends to be faster more efficient and kind of more fun and then and then and then Let's turn to games for a second. 
So I like, man, that rain's really coming down now. I don't know if you can hear that. Just clickety-clackety against the windows here. Um, uh, ASCII Patrol is great. Uh, if you haven't played ASCII Patrol, it's basically Moon Patrol, except done in ASCII art. And the, and the cool thing about this game is, is that the animation is so good. <laughs> it blows my mind. It is highly, highly impressive. It's got sound effects and music and all that, too. Uh, but the thing is, the, the animations for this, it's got parallax scrolling backgrounds, for Pete's sake, in an ASCII game. I mean, it's worth checking out ASCII Patrol. Uh, again, I've got links over there if you go to the the, the, the Lunduk Journal and check out the links for it. It's fantastic. Uh, Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead is a is a roguelike game, you know, top down, you know, go through a dungeon, but it's extreme and it's it's very large with a crafting system and you can get broken arms in it and you can do farming and building and there's vehicles and it's just so much to it. Um, and, but then, uh, uh, there's also this game called ASCII sector and I want to, I want to point this one out because it is one of my absolute favorites. I love space trading games and space simulators like elite, uh, trade wars, 2002 wing commander privateer. I love those games. I love them so much. I, I I've played so many of those games over the year and ASCII sector really is that it's a space exploration game where you're in the cockpit of your starship in colorful ASCII, ANSI style art. And you travel around, you fly around, you you fight alien ships, you build your ship up, you trade goods at, at starports and do all that stuff. And it's all in ASCII. And it's so great. It's so, it's so great when you find these really immersive gaming experiences that are purely in text mode. I, I just, I just love them. I, Another one I'll mention uh, is Dwarf Fortress. If you have never played Dwarf Fortress, uh, it's not some free and open source game. It's a commercial product, but it is it is really quite good. It is the most massive game. Um, a lot of people um, a lot of people kind of liken it to Minecraft in that you do like mining, and there is there is a lot going on there. But it's a top down game, and you build stuff, and you <laughs> adventure, and it's just so big and massive. It's just huge. I recommend checking it out. Um, um, and then uh, the one other game I'll mention here uh, before I wrap up is Frots. And Frots is not a game. Frots is an interpreter uh, for text adventure games like the old Infocom text adventures like Zork. Um, I love those games. They're not all great. If you dig through even the Infocom games, which was kind of like the, the king of text adventure companies, not all of them are winners. <laughs> I got I mean I got to be honest with myself, but some of them are stellar. And if you've never played through the original Zork, you owe it to yourself. Not just because it's a fun game to play, but because it's so historically significant and you there you find that there are there are so many references to it throughout nerdy world um you know it is dark and you are likely to be eaten by a Gru and the like uh there's so many more and you just you owe it to yourself you know it's part of being like nerd literate you know in order to get all the jokes and all the inside weird references zork is a game you've got to play all the way through plus then you can tell people you played and beat zork and here's the thing. If you've never played Zork before, 
there is a great way to do it now that I think will give you the best experience. Here's what I recommend you do. So first, install Frotz, F-R-O-T-Z. Uh, then, if you are on a Linuxy machine, I recommend getting Cool Retro Term. Cool dash Retro dash Term. It is a terminal emulator that emulates the old CRT monitors with a million different effects. You know, ambers and 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 scan lines and like little warbles and. It, it's as close to using like an old Apple IIe with a green screen as you can possibly get nowadays without getting some of the old hardware. And so what you do is you go, you launch Cool Retro Term, open up Frots and run Zork. Uh, you just you just look around, and you'll find a, a copy of Zork. It's it, it is the way to enjoy it. It, that is as close as to the original experience as you're going to get. Um, there, there are some other terminal emulators that, that, that kind of do some of this uh, old style CRT emulation, kind of like Cool Retro Term does. Cool Retro Term just does it the best that I've ever seen. Uh, I've never seen one that does better. If any of you have seen one that does does better, let me know. And and I'm sorry, I don't know if it's available for Windows or Mac. If anyone knows of great examples of terminal emulators that do old style like CRT visual emulation and whatnot, let me know and I'll let everyone else know. I just I, I don't use like I don't use a modern Mac ever. I, I just I just don't have one. Uh, maybe that'll change. Maybe uh, maybe once Linux is running really well on the M1 Macs, maybe I'll get myself an M1 Mac and run Linux on it and then occasionally hop over to OS 10 and, and check software out. But I, I, I don't know those yet. So you'll have to I'll, you'll have to let me know if there's something out there that does it. But that's the way to do it. In fact, all of these applications and games I've talked about benefit by running them in cool retro term. It is so choice. Uh, I mean, I go, it has so many presets for different types of monitors, you know, amber and green and, and, and different levels of like warble and phosphorus glow and everything. And I change them up all the time. Whenever I'm thinking, oh, remember that machine I played with? Remember that old Commodore 64? Oh, remember that Apple IIe? And I, I go back and forth between all of them, uh, depending on my mood. It just, it makes it, it's just so enjoyable, so enjoyable. Anyway, I hope I hope uh, this helped someone out, <laughs> or at least made you smile. Uh, thank you to everyone who subscribes over at lunduke.substack.com and lunduke.locals.com. Um, Isaac, even a couple of you that subscribe in both places, God bless you. Um, th again, the Lunduke Journal, what I do here, no advertising. So uh, it's all supported by you. Uh, so thank you to all of you who subscribe, who pitch in a, a few dollars a month to, to get a few of the extra exclusive goodies. Uh, I believe the next episode, I'm trying to think what I got planned here. The next episode of the Lunduke Journal podcast is going to be a subscriber exclusive. So uh, if you want that one, make sure you're subscribing. You can get it either at the locals or at Substack, either one. You'll get it either place, same show. Uh, it's cool either way. So whichever one you enjoy more, whichever site you think is cooler, uh, go for that. Um, but that one will be uh, that one will be a paid one only. A uh, little little perk, little goodie for all of you. And then then the one after that will be free again. Most of the shows, most of the shows are always going to be free. 
Anyway, thank you to everyone. Uh, thank you for helping to spread the word about the Lunduke Journal, by the way. Uh, the, the readership numbers are just exploding, and I know I didn't do that because I don't do a very good job of advertising myself. <laughs> You'd think I'd be better at that. I worked in marketing at a Linux company for years. I literally ran the marketing department of a Linux company. And uh, I do like so little self-promotion. Like I'll post things on a couple of websites and be like, ah, oh, that's good. <laughs> So, so thank you to all of you who post these these uh, articles and shows on Hacker News and Reddit and Slashdot and everywhere else you and all your social medias and the 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 tweetiverses and the friend faces and all that good stuff. So thank you for all of that help. Couldn't do it without you. You're all absolutely fantastic. All right, everybody. I uh, hope you're all having a great day. I hope you got to do something crazy nerdy today because you deserve it. I'll talk to you later.